You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yeah, Alhamdulillah, that time of uh, the evening where we uh, we're going to welcome someone that you're very used to, uh, Sheikh uh, uh, Shoaib Maida, a Medina graduate, and Alim is also an astute businessman, a uh, world-renowned broadcaster, also uh, goes to various Islamic institutes, uh, giving them a motivational talk and uh, keeping uh, the youth on the straight and narrow. Sheikh Shoaib Maida, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum as-salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh, my dear brother Ahmad Shafat Khan. Alhamdulillah, what a beautiful day, and you must remember that we're still counting on hours. It might be tomorrow or Monday, you know. Yeah, time has gone so fast, and uh, Allah has blessed us with a lot, and uh, we have shown how good we can be. And even also Allah has shown us how we can answer our du'as, you remember, with the floods, and then also there was actually the rumor that uh, cyclone was coming down, and Alhamdulillah, so many du'as were made throughout uh, the masajid in, the, uh, in and around the country. And Alhamdulillah, we didn't see anything of that sort. But once again, saying that, we've got our Muslim brothers that have been affected, just as everybody else affected. We say, may Allah Ta'ala make it easier for them. And if they lost their loved ones through all these floods, we say, may Allah Ta'ala grant them Jannah to Firdaus, inshallah. And some got sick out of it. We say, may Allah Ta'ala grant them Shifa Kamer Shaf. I mean, so I mean, Sheikh uh, Maida, inshallah, sometime. Hey, it may be on Tuesday, maybe on Monday, but Alhamdulillah, Allah make it easy for the Ummah, and may we all imbibe the blessings of Ramadan and take it forward to such a level that we'll be in a league above last year's league, inshallah. Well, Sheikh Yashoy Maida, Ramadan teaches a lot, a lot of lessons, and one of the lessons uh, that we learn from uh, Ramadan is uh, sabr, patience, and all those things. Talk to us about it, Sheikh Shoaib. See, Shaf, the key aspect of uh, Ramadan or fasting itself is actually to attain um, a piety, you know, to be uh, close to Allah Ta'ala. You know, kutiba alaykum suyam kama kutiba ala ladina min qablikum la'an lakum tattakun. Taqwa is the main essence that we need to pick up from this actually fasting period of Ramadan. And then taqwa does not come uh, without actually his taste, you know, his uh, tribulations, which is uh, sabr. You remember when Abisha Sallam has taught us in the Hadith Kudusi to say if somebody is fasting and on that day someone comes to have an argument with you or fight with you, you stand and say, I'm sorry, I'm a person who is fasting, so I'm not going to get involved in this. So that is actually another showcasing of sabr. And then Allah to say to us in the Quran, وَمَا جَزَاءُ الصَّبْرِ إِلَّا الْجَنَّةِ to say there's no reward for sabr or for patience except for going to Jannah. So yes, uh, sabr is actually the key factor towards fasting. You know, you can just sit up in the corner in the morning, you're staying alone in your flat or in your house. Nobody there, you can drink your tea around six, seven o'clock and pretend you're fasting. But because of patience and the love you have for your creator, you know, I cannot do that because I'm pleasing Allah Ta'ala and only Allah Ta'ala can see me. As even on Nabi Sallallahu further said in that hadith, Kudus, where Allah Ta'ala says, Asuyamuli fa innahuli wa ana ajizbihi to say, Fasting is from me, and I'm the only one that will reward you for that. 
So actually, this actually perhaps way for us to understand the importance of, obey, of obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even we're sitting all alone in a place where nobody else can see us, but we do have that conviction that Allah ta'ala seen us, which is the conviction of sabr, which we should be having throughout the year when we're living outside Ramadan. We should have that to know that Allah ta'ala is seriously seeing me and Allah ta'ala has seen what I'm doing and Allah ta'ala is recording all my deeds. As we know, we have karam and katibin left and right, right? Writing, oh, whatever we're doing wrong or good is being written in a book uh, that we're going to be questioned for on the Qiyamah. So, actually, sabr is a key aspect for fasting, as well as any actions that we do. If there's no patience, patience in it, then definitely that action will actually fall off or we won't reach to the end result of the action shaft. Yes, uh, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Maida, I already agree with you there. And, you know, oh, something that you think of, uh, you know, anger, the radiator bro uh, boiling, and, you know, uh, Hazrat Ali radiallahu said it so eloquently, anger is a fire kindle, and he that lets it loose is the first one consumed by it. But uh, during this month of uh, Ramadan, we suppress our anger, and if someone irritates us and you tell them, you know what, I'm fasting, don't irritate me, and, you know, that quality of sabr, the quality of patience. And, you know, we learn to pull ourselves back. And, you know, somehow it is much easier in Ramadan to do that. And out of Ramadan, you know, you flare up and you look for excuses to get angry and you get excuses to, you know, to let sin multiply on yourself. Why is Insan so prone to losing his cool and not thinking twice? That, you know, he's here for a short while and that every time he gets angry, he's, he's detrimental to his health. And every time he speaks a word, he's hurting someone's feeling and that he will answer the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is that reality taken away? Why is it the, the, the reality, Sheikh Choymaida, you know, veiled in the uh, eyes of insan? Talking about myself, ourselves, uh, Sheikh Maida. You know, Shaf, it is actually amazing, you know, on what you just, you just said now, I could, I could add some sentiments to that. You know, we always say and say, you know, hey, Ramadan is taking too long, the days are so long and the nights are not actually doing the justice towards us. Yes, of course, the day of Ramadan will become so long because this is how we should be living our days throughout the year. You know, in Ramadan is too long because we have to observe everything that we do according uh, to the uh, plans or according to the rules and regulations that Allah has given us, that we have to keep away from uh, eating, keep away from insulting other people and keep away from uh, getting involved in arguments and disputes. We have to make sure we maintain our salah in his due times, have enough time to recite our Quran and shaitan is chained up another good news. So if you look at all that together, the day goes too slow because all our actions that are involved with shaitanic ideas in it are actually cut off completely. You know, I'll give an example. If the person's way of earning a living is selling drugs and uh, the rest of that or maybe getting involved in, uh, you know, other uh, terrible dealings, when it comes to Ramadan, the person will sit back and miss out income because now they're scared I can't be doing this in Ramadan. So Ramadan gets too long because, I mean, to wait for that 30 days so that you can pick up again after 30 days, it becomes a long last, uh, lasting time to be waiting for. So which actually, if you look at it in reality, Allah is training us to say, this is how our day comes in. You know, when you say the day is long, this is how throughout the year, the day should be looking long because we have enough time between us. We know after Ramadan, there's no barakat in time. 
you know, because Shaitani comes in us and even is around and there's no barakah. We're fighting between our time uh, for Allah and time for Shaitan. We're fighting in between. So the time gets so short and shrinks out. Now in Ramadan, the time is full for Allah Ta'ala. You wake up late, you wake up early in the morning. Actually, you have your seri or maybe you read your tahajjud, four rakat, six rakat, and you have your seri. Then you make sure you sit in there after seri, read your fajr salah, and sometimes you extend it until the sun rises. Then the sun rises, you read uh, uh, salat al-ishraq. I mean, all these good actions that we're doing for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala makes the dirt go slow. And you can also hear other people saying, oh, uh, you look at this Ramadan, you know, it's no longer fun. You know how it used to be, you know. Yes, of course, Ramadan used to be very fun in the time we were infants because we could look forward for the ED, for the uh, actually good things that the parents would bring us and family. Now we are the one. It's our turn to bring those uh, to the youngsters. It's our turn to bring it to the family. To say this is your ED. And now because it's pinching our pocket, there's no longer fun. But when somebody was doing it, there was too much fun for us. So let's embrace both fun that we had been receiving and embrace that fun of giving out as well uh, when we've grown up to say this is the culture or the tradition that our parents made it last uh, long in order for us to understand the essence of actual fasting and the good that comes with it when it comes to the eat day. So yes, when it comes to us in sun, yes, stop negrating ourselves and putting ourselves in that terrible state where we're always getting upset and uh, always getting angry, always looking for a fight or always looking uh, for an easy way to insult somebody. I think that's not how we should be living our lives. And I mean, we're getting this training 30 days in Ramadan. And if you get a full training in anything in 30 consecutive days, after that you become an expert of what you're doing because 30 days we've been doing that. So we've been good for the entire 30 days. Definitely it shows us we can be good for the next 11 years of uh, 11 months of the year as well because we it, it is built in us to be good uh, people as Allah has actually commend, commended us in the Quran khayra umma, you are the best of ummah that Allah has created oh, has made us an example for mankind bil anil munkar. we enjoy in what is good and forbid what is wrong we have strong faith in Allah that Allah is, a pro- Allah is a protector Allah is a provider and Allah is everything once we have that in us Inshallah, things will go smooth now and even after Ramadan, Shah. Yes, uh, Sheikh uh, Shoy Maida, I, I like exactly uh, what you have said there and uh, very eloquently indeed. And also, you know, when we go through the tapestry of life and we read uh, the different stories, and you look at the stories of the Ambiyas, and, uh, you know, the Ambiyas, they were a group uh, that Allah had chosen, and they were the most... Uh, uh, you know, a tested group. They went to the most tribulations and trials and so forth. And, you you know, we should be learning lessons from that. I mean, if you look at the lifestyle of Nabi Muhammad, sallam, it says trials and tribulations, trials and uh, tribulations. Yaqub, alayhi salam, you look at his uh, history, you look at uh, Ibrahim, alayhi salam, and all the Ambiyas, they were going through these uh, trials and tribulations. And these stories in the Noble Quran are just not there for us to sit and, you know, entertain ourselves. But they are there as lessons. And uh, do we take these lessons uh, seriously or do, you know, uh, we, we, we don't highlight them enough uh, so that, you know, even the youngsters can be motivated by the Ambiyas and what they went through through the trials and tribulations and so forth, uh, Sheikh Maida. You know, Shaf, actually you brought in a very uh, essential point, you know. Unfortunately, they know, you know, our lives in the homes, you know, we've introduced a culture of uh, our children being uh, good in understanding sport. 
that they even know the lineup of the team that plays tomorrow. You know, I'll give you an example. Let's say there's Liverpool playing Manchester United. The kids will tell you exactly who's going to be there and they exactly tell you who can who can score easily, uh, you know, within those players. But now let's come to the Ashram Mubashara Bil Jannah. You know, all those uh, 11 Ashab and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi that are given Bishar out of Jannah, you know, the 10 of them, no one knows about them. Our kids don't know about them ourselves. Even we don't know about them. You know, let's come about Ibrahim Ali Salatu Wasalam. Allah blessed him. How he came searching, looking for Allah Ta'ala, an invention of understanding the oneness of Allah. We don't want to learn about that. You know, look at his father Azar saying, I said, sending idols. And you know, Ibrahim Ali Salatu Wasalam has to be, to be thrown through, uh, through a hectic kind of, uh, punishment by his father and his people. And because of Allah Ta'ala, he did it, he accepted it. And uh, we don't know about that. Look at Nabi Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, the trials he went through. We don't know about it. Nabi Muhammad sallam, we don't know about it. Nabi Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, we don't know about it. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, Umar ibn al-Khattab, you know, Ali radiallahu ta'ala, we don't even know about the Musa, Musa, Musa ibn Umayr. We don't know about them. A Sahaba that was very rich from a rich family and deserted his, uh, his, his riches from his family and died and even his coffin was too short to bury him when he passed on. We don't know about these stories. What we know is about uh, this superstar or this one wrestler and this one a uh, tennis player, this one a cricket star and this one a soccer star and this one uh, we don't know which star, music star and the rest of that. That's what we have in our Home sharp, of which we need to take out these pictures from our homes and start bringing the dean in the house. You know, we understand <clears throat> technology has come in, but then <clears throat> technology has come in to support us, not to destroy us. But we have used it the other way. We technology is there to destroy us. Our kids have phones, we have phones, and we have internet at home, whereby there's no time of talking. You know, Shafa, I'll give an example of yourself. You know, uh, between 40 years, 30 years back, I mean, you could interact with the parents, interact with brothers and sisters, go around and, uh, you know, play soccer and do things together. Today, there's nothing of that sort. Of you sit on your phone and interact with them via the phone. So you don't physically know how the patient thinks because what I put in writing is totally different what I can put in action. So all this we need to draw back in our home self to say, yes, there's a gadget in the house. And even sometimes we go to the extent that we are eating food on the same table and the children are busy on the cell phone, on the social media, and yourself as a parent, you're also busy on social media. What kind of a life are we bringing in our homes? You know, we need to pull back on that. You know, make our home a home for the kids. A home for the kids, it means the home where they learn. They listen to the parents, what the parents went through that day, what advice they can give them to go, to go out throughout the day, where the parents will find out what happened at school. Is there a homework? Have you done A, B, C, D? Is this done? You know, we should know we have lost that completely. And you know, shove the good part again. In your times, you know, in our times, school had its own specific time and then we had family time or time to play with friends. You come from school, you got time between you and uh, sunset to be with a friend. After sunset, you go back and sit at home with parents, have supper together, enjoy everything, no gadgets. After that, you're sitting and those family time together. Now, even the schools have devised a program whereby your kid is always at school. So there's no interaction between yourself and the child besides school interaction because when they come from school, they have a lot of homework that they can't finish. And when you come from work, you're tired. Instead of spending time with the family, now you're sitting and making time or making up for the child's homework so that you make sure they do well at school. You're not worried 
about them are learning manners from you and having that quality time with the family but them to do well at school and then on top of that you put even more pressure to the children whereby they have to work hard so which means their social life is totally cut completely you leave them with the cell phone and cell phone teaches wrong things they go to move to google teach them all the rotten things in the world and they go wrong and yet they're sitting in the house so it's time we need to start actually looking into that family life is actually essential if they have you know these homeworks and assignments the whole week through make the weekend the time for you and your family and your kids to spend time together so you learn to be bonding at that moment but if you're not bonding and not knowing that shav definitely we are getting lost completely yes uh, sheikh uh, shoimaida you say it uh, you know as it is and uh, you know yesterday we had time uh, to go out and you know really be wholesome and we were wholesome we were fit our minds were looking into uh you know into deep into our nature we could see the frogs there we could see the tadpoles there we could see earthworm we were playing with the clay and uh, you know if you picked up our log and be, uh, beneath the log you saw all the red ants running and you know there was lessons in everything we took because uh, this is uh, what we talking about this dunya when you in this dunya uh, the, 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 the nature of this world is uh, learning looking around you learning look within yourself you know see the wonders and the signs of allah subhanahu taala within ourselves look around us we see the signs of allah subhanahu taala but we are in the herded mentality and they don't call us people anymore they call us sheep yeah because we are herded in like sheep we are given syllabuses to follow and we have to follow a norm that even i will take the children away from the uh, creator and so forth and then you know as i said when you look at the nature of this abode of this dunya it is test it is a uh, you know confrontation all the time then there is a contemplation that we need to have and also shekshoy maida it is uh, through all this the greatest gift that allah can give us is hikmah so shekshoy maida your comments yeah shek i think you muted there uh, you can unmute yourself and talk to me i can't hear you uh, yeah unmute yourself yes actually yes chef actually you said the best thing there i mean you talk about hikmah I mean, uh, hikmah is the most important thing. That is actually, uh, if you attain that, you have attained the best. You know, Allah Taala can give you everything that you want in this world, but if you do not ha- have hikmah, you won't be able to use that accordingly. You use that wrongly. So, if you bless with hikmah, and I mean, uh, then you are the best. Hikmah means, you know, in everything that you do. Like to give a good example, Shaf. We read Surah Fatiha. every day when you reading asalah alhamdulillah rabbil alamin arrahman arrahim to the end ghayr almaghdub alayhim waladhallin if you use the hikmah to understand what is this message about because surah fatiha is just not just fast to read but i mean if you look at what it says we are actually glorifying allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acknowledging his oneness and understanding is the king of kings on the day of judgment you know and we actually acknowledge that only to him do we worship and only to him do we seek help and then if you acknowledge it in that surah we asking allah ta to guide us is a dua ihdina sirat al mustaqim ya rabbal alamin ya allah guide us towards the righteous path and now if you put hikmah into that righteous path what it does mean it means fast doing good all the time obeying allah's commands being good to our families being good to our children to our spouses being good to our com- communities being good examples or leaders in a, a community where if people looks at you they see a noble and a good human being you know even in a muslim when they see you, you don't need to say 
please say Allah ilaha illallah. They will just come and say it because of seeing how what kind of a human being uh, you are. And you say, alayhim You say, Allah, do not put us in the path of those whom your anger is upon them or those that are misled. You know, if you look at that, apply the hikmah to understand who are those that are, uh, are actually uh, misguided. Who are those that are lost, gone astray? So you look at back in the time of Pharaoh, you look at Hamana, you look at Karuna, all those people, you look at them, they're misguided and they went astray. So this is the kind of life we should be using. We have hikmat. It means when you finish reading Surah Fatiha and you come out of your salah, you must come when you're fresh person. You remember what Allah says to Al-Shaf, you know, he says, uh, He says the importance of the main virtues of reading salah is that when you perform your salah, automatically you attain a shield whereby you be prevented or you prevent yourself from doing evil and shameful activities. So all these comes with the hikmah and understanding that what I'm reading, I'm reading for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is what I'm saying. You know, another part, you know, just to give an example, Shaf, you're reading, you know, you say, oh, non-believers, I do not worship what you worship, no, neither do you worship what what I worship. I do not even worship what you worship, but no, when it comes to casino, you're with them in the casino. When it comes to despising parents and your spouses, you are there just like them. You know, when it comes to cheating, you know, and deceiving others, it's just in the forefront of doing that. I mean, then towards the end, we say, let's actually devise the hikmah in that surah. Where at the end we say, it's your own separate religion, my own separate religion. Does it make sense? You know, when we read surahs like this and we apply our hikmah, towards the end, does it make any sense to us when we actually declare to say, you have your own religion and I have my, my own religion? You look at these things, Shaf, if you use hikmah out of this to understand what is there and what happens in, in, in the instance that actually you're actually going against your own word, you're contradicting yourself, definitely to put us on the right track to understand that. So as you just said, Shaf, hikmah is the key aspect of everything. If you do things without hikmat, you know, definitely you will not go far. You end up losing everything that you have and you end up having enemies all over. But if you use hikmat, you see a situation that looks tougher. You can be able to resolve them. You know, I was reading something that, you know, your worries sometimes can be as big as a Titanic or a ship, you know, in the sea. But then, if you're faithful to Allah Ta'ala, you give you solutions that are bigger than the sea. So, I mean, if you look at the size of the sea and the ship that sinks there, you see that it's a small thing. So, yes, let's have that mindset that, you know, let's do everything for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and let's establish our true uh, reflection, our true relationship with Allah. Once you have that, then there's no one you could fear. You should know that Jannah becomes your shah. And we're living for that. This dunya is just a place we are passing by. You know, we are, we are strangers here. We're not going to be here forever. So we're heading towards Allah and nay, that's where our relationship with him will count the most sharp. Yeah, absolutely. We, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, the utmost. We should have that proximity. And when we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should feel and, you know, have the yearning to meet our creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, Sheikh Shoei Maida talking about hikmah and hikmat. You know, you look at the person and that individual that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed with wisdom and hikmah. You'll find that that person and these people generally with hikmah will shun, will shun power. And, you know, they will spend most of the time in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, in their hikmah, they always... Uh, will give you words of comfort, good words of advice, 
and they will speak very little. Your thoughts? Exactly. You know, both that have got hikmah, they know which buttons to press. They know what to say. They don't need to spend with you the whole year through in order to explain to you what is happening. It takes a few seconds for you to speak. You know, sometimes you get, uh, it gets into our head. And because we're losing the coup, we go and start running around. You know, Allah doesn't love me. You know, I'm trying everything. I give my sadka, I give my zakat, I give my lila. But also if I'm asking, Allah is not giving me. You know, I don't understand what's the reason for me being a Muslim. We've got Muslims that behave this way. And they start thinking this way. In other ways, it shows you that you're not. Hikmat is not there. Go meet people that got hikmah. They will tell you exactly what is happening. They'll tell you, you see, by in life, there's a lot of shortcomings in the human being. So sometimes you make dua is not answered correctly or directly at that moment because all the wrong things that you've done have to clean first. So your dua you've made is going towards that cleaning all that because you must remember Lauta does not love except only for purity. So if he knows you're, not, you're impure, when it comes to your dealings and your heart is impure, he can't give you what you want at that moment because then he's going to pave up another way to others to think, oh, but this gentleman is A, B, C, D, but he's being success, successful. What is happening here? So he wants to cleanse you and actually give you a good life that you incline to Allah Ta'ala, you understand him, that good comes from Allah Ta'ala and it, it comes whenever Allah wishes to give you. So you can try something, you know, and you won't get it because Allah Ta'ala doesn't want it to be to you. And somebody can try little bit and they'll get it immediately because Allah has given them that it belongs to them. So yes, we need to understand that uh, sometimes we need to sit and ponder about the creation of our own selves before anything else. Then after that, we understand Allah Ta'ala. Then also we need to look for those people in our community that got a lot of wisdom. You see them, they don't talk much. They sit in ibadat. You look at them, they'll smile at you and greet, greet you. They won't talk too much stories. If they see people talking or people come to them and start give, talking gossip, they'll just walk away. They just smile and walk away. And sometimes they tell you, no, but this is not right. We, rather, we should rather call the person we're talking about and sit with him. Then we can re resolve this issue. Or some, they just smile and go away. But let's actually look for these people and meet them and have a chat with them sometimes. There is a lot of confusion in this world today, most especially if we've put our thoughts to be 90%, you know, on dunya level and 30% into akhir level. It becomes a very big challenging thing. But if we balance 50-50, then it becomes much better and much easier because we know that everything that happens only happens through the will of Allah Ta'ala Shaf. Yes, uh, Sheikh Sherimaida. And, uh, you know, to be patient is such an important, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful quality to have. And those uh, people generally, when you look at the history of a patient individual, uh, you know, if they don't get the reward in the dunya, what a reward they get with the creator. Because a patient person generally tells himself, I'm putting my affairs in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If someone is going after me, I still have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as my defender. I put my affairs in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the importance of us telling each other, motivating each other to be, you know, patient, be patient, be patient. Sheikh Shuri Maida, fantastic conversation with you. Perhaps your parting words uh, this morning. Hello, Shav. Jazakallah khair for this topic. I hope our listeners are listening very attentively because we need to have that kind of patience. And uh, with patience, we gain everything. Our fasting will go well with patience. Our, everything that we do, our work after Ramadan will go well with patience. Our time will go well with patience.
patients, our respect to go with patients, and inshallah, there's no reward for patients except going to Jannah. So, I mean, what is there to lose? You know, you have patients, you know where you, you're getting to. So let's keep that rule of having patience and that's not rushing into things because the rushing comes from shaitan and patience comes from Allah Ta'ala Shaf. And once again, may Allah Ta'ala reward you the best, you and your family, you know, with all the great work that you're doing. Be it Ramadan, be it outside Ramadan, you're always there to enlighten the ummah, provoking the best questions from the ulama so that people actually must get the best of information. May Allah Ta'ala reward you the best and those actually responsible for the running of the stations, may Allah Ta'ala I reward them the best and yes may allow to accept our fasting and all our efforts in the month of ramadan yes uh sheikh shay maida jazakallah khair for that and uh, may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward uh, you and your family members also and uh, you're always there at our beck and call serving the deen and hopefully be serving it in the manner that pleases allah subhanahu wa ta'ala most uh, jazakallah khair Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, ya shaykh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for a break and inshallah we will continue after that.